This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Praise God. Can y'all do me a favor just before I start ministering this morning? Why don't you stand up with me and turn around and greet somebody. Tell them how great they look, that you're glad that they're here this morning, that you love them. Amen. Praise God. Y'all having so much fun, we need to do this more often. You know, that's what it's really all about. You know, it's, it's kind of bad to come to church, sit down, go home, and don't say hello to somebody and tell them how great they are. We need to do that more. You know, we need to be encouraged. We really do. We're people, human beings, and we need to know that we're loved. Amen? <clears throat> well, listen. You know, this is, this is a short notice, man. I'm telling you, this was a real short notice to me. <clears throat> but I spent some time, you can probably tell, boy, my voice is kind of slipping away here. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, I did spend time with God. Man, when I found out I had to do this, I said, man, I, I got to spend some time with God. So I had to turn the ball games off. Ooh, that was tough. LSU and I mean right there I said I got to do this I had to be focused man that was tough sometimes we have to be tough on ourselves when we got to do the right thing especially when it's for the Lord you don't want to come shorthanded man you want to make sure you got something to give the folk when you're asked to do that you know we want to represent the kingdom and I don't want I didn't want to not represent because you could tell right away but God did give me a word. He gave me something uh, to share with you that I think would be beneficial to you. And I'm not going to talk very long because, I, you know, the society has made our attention span real short. Man, and 
I usually have about 10 pages of stuff, and I'm saying, man, how much of this are they going to retain? And so, you know, Pastor Norris has been, as the song was saying, he's been talking about Jesus, the light of the world. And I've talked about the light, salt, and light, and different things, you know, and living, you know, living that life. That's what we're really here for, you know. What are we really here to, here, here to do? <clears throat> but, you know, there's some things that we have going on in our lives that, you know, when, as, you know, like me, for example, when I was a real small kid, man, I used to dream all the time. Man, I, I used to dream about being something that I saw. Man, when I was a little kid, I, I, you know, down south in Florida, they would have the farm camps or spring training for, for Major League Baseball. And the Dodgers would always show up. And this was the time, some of y'all won't know this, and some of you might, when Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale, man, I'm telling you, man, I was just a little kid, man. I could go up and stand up on that thing, and I would watch them throw that ball, man, they, they were pitchers. And they would throw that catch. Man, it was so, it's to me at that, it, like that, it was so loud, man. I thought they were dropping a bomb when that catcher caught it. Pop! I mean, man. Those guys could pitch. And, I, and all I could see, man, I said, I can do that. Because I was left-handed, man. And, I, and left -hand, when I was a kid, if you left-handed, you didn't fit. Everybody was right-handed. And everything was right-handed. I mean, they, everything made was right-handed. They made you right funny because of the destiny in school, man. So I was catching it. But when I saw a left-handed pitcher, man, I, started, I could see some things. I started dreaming, man. I said, I can do this. Man, I'm telling you, how many of you had dreams when you were small and as you grew, they kept growing? And sometimes, you know, those dreams don't come to pass. Sometimes they do. But you know, this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk about three principles or three keys or three important things for having a successful life. You know, being successful. You know, God wants us all to be successful. He wants us to be representation of the kingdom of God. Everything, if he owns everything, some of it ought to be ours. <laughs> I mean, we, we should not be having or lacking our lives. We should be having prosperity, man. We should be having an abundance. And so we need to represent the kingdom of God. And so I'm going to just share, I'm going to share some things this morning. You know, because success... It's really, it's the desired result of an attempt. When you attempt to do something and you see it come to pass, that's success. That's, that's, that's success. You know, but you got to have vision. You got to have, you got to, you know, what vision is. Vision is something that you see. It's a mental picture that you try to attain. And that's what I was dealing with. That vision and that success, man, it fit right in. And so this morning, man, I want, you know, the, the, the scripture that I, wanna, I want to uh, uh, use as uh, the foundation of this is Luke 6, 46 through 48. Now, uh, there, there, there's some things in Luke 6, chapter 6, that Jesus talks about. And there's three things in there, and I'm going to go ahead and read that as, as you guys try to find it. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And I'm going to go ahead and read that scripture, and then we'll talk about it. Y'all got it? All right. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me 
and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently again and again against that house. And it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. There's three things that I want to talk to you about of, again, and I'm going to keep saying that because I'm going, to, I'm going to hang in here. Number one, the first thing is, to have a successful life, you have to have a God-given vision. Amen. The second thing that you have to do or, or you need is diligence and obedience and pursuit of that vision. And the third thing is, you got to pass the test along the journey to that vision. I'm going to say those three things again because these are important. The first thing is you have to have a God-given vision. And you have to be, number two, you have to be diligent, obedient, and in pursuit of the vision. That's where you're focused. You're focused. And number three, you have to pass the test along the journey of the vision. Now, what we're going to do this morning, man, I can't, I can't, if, if I talked all, all three of those keys, man, we'd be in here till tomorrow night. But what I want to do is focus on number one, the first key, a God-given vision. I want to go back now, and I got that from verse 47. Verse 47 of Luke 6 says, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them. I will show you whom he's like. Listen, if we're going to, it's impossible. It is impossible to have good success without a God-given vision. Now, you can have success, and we see it all the time, man. I mean, you can turn on the TV, man. He's made 40 million. He's making a, I mean, you see it where, it, it seems like it's success, but it's not good success. You follow along with those people and you see all kinds of things happening in their lives. You see all kinds of things happening to their kids. You see all kinds of things happening to them. They don't want to live. They, you, why, if you're getting that kind of money, why don't you want to live? What is going on? That, so we have to be very careful on what we determine is success. And see, the thing is, what we want is good success. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, it says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end there is death. But its end is the death. See, some people, some people enjoy that success, but they're not happy. They're not really happy. They do all the things that money can do. They buy the things that they want to buy, and they think they're representing the world. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. And they're trying to influence us with those, influence us with those things that they're doing. That's what we have to be very careful of. Because here's what good success is. Turn, turn, with, me to, let me, turn with me to Joshua 1, chapter 1, verse 8. I'm going to read that. Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8. And this is what the Word of God says. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But, shall, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. 
That's what the word says. Now we have to live if we're born again according to the word. We have to be very careful of the examples that we're picking up and running with and calling it God. We have to make sure that it's lining up with his word. That's what's important. That's what's very important. Now, here's another way of saying what good success is. Being who God called you to be and doing what God called you to do. You know, we all have DNA. You know, we hear the stories about, well, they, 50 years ago, man, they, they, they went back and checked his DNA out and he didn't do it. Or she didn't do it. Or we can't determine who it is, so let's, take the D, let's get that DNA. Everybody's DNA is different. Your identity is different. So when we try to do something different from what God has called us to do, that's when we get in problems. We have all kinds of troubles. We have all kinds of We have to concentrate on the identity that God has given us. We have to be who God called us to be, and we have to do what he's called us to do. That's what success is, man. I mean, it's just like what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. We, we can make this very complicated, but it's simple according to God's word. All he wants us to do is be who he created us to be, and then everything will be all right and do what he told us to do. We wouldn't have no more crime. All, every home would be happy. Every kid would keep coming back. Man, it would be no lack. Everything would be taken care of. It's very simple, very simple. He's not com God's not complicated. He's not complicated. Now, to have this God-given vision, I want, and like I said, there, there's I want to, this is the first key, a God-given vision. There's three requirements I want to talk about, three requirements to receiving and operating with this God-given vision. The, number one, and then I'll go back and talk on these. The first thing is you have to have a committed prayer life. Now, I'm not talking about, and I'm going to make an announcement about Monday night, 7 o'clock, first Monday. Listen, I'm talking about a committed prayer life. Je is Jesus our example? Are we made in his image? You know, here, here's what Jesus did. Here, in, in, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35 through 38, Jesus ministered, man. He was ministering all day long. When you read that, read those verses. All day long. Healing the sick, casting out devils, laying hands on everybody. And they said late in the evening, late in the evening, he went over to Simon's house, Simon Peter's house, kicked back, and they were just... Trying to catch a game. And they said, early in the morning, before daybreak, before, early in the morning, they say he got up and he went to a solitary place. Listen, sometimes, man, you, you can't wait on Monday nights. Sometimes you got to get along with God. Sometimes you got to find a place where there ain't nobody there but you and God. And you got to talk to God about that situation until you hear from God. Jesus, Peter, they were looking for him. He was healing folk, man. Just think about it, man. We, this place is overflowing. People getting healed. People know they had, they, they, they had this and they had that. Got demons and they, got, they were being cast out. And they began to line up. Simon said, man, he said they were looking for him all over the place. And when they found him, they said, Jesus. 
Man, there's a whole bunch of folks still lined up at the doors, man, over at my house. They're waiting on you. Now, today that, that revival is going on, today that preacher say, oh, man, let me go back, man. I'm going to stay there as long as it's happening. I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going to take advantage of that, man. That's growth. That's church building. <laughs> but you know what Jesus said to him? Here's what Jesus said. He said, hey, he said, we got hey, we, we to go to the next city, man. He says, I got to do some praying, preaching the same way over there, too. Jesus was focused. You know, wh why did he make that decision? He had been praying, man, since daybreak. He was hearing from God. He was doing what God was telling him to do. He wasn't doing what, the, what Peter or this one or all these other jokers hanging with. He wasn't saying, these disciples are saying, hey. We got it going on, man. He didn't listen to that. He was listening to what God was saying. You know, there's another story in Luke 6, up in chapter 12, where it says Jesus went up into the mountains and he prayed all night long. All night long he prayed. Listen, when the situation depends on the situation on how long you need to pray. Well, Jesus knew he needed some, some, some guys working with him. So after he prayed the next day, the Bible says, he called all his disciples. And it had to be over 100 because he had a whole bunch of folks who were his disciples he was teaching. But he called all of them together and he, he chose 12 to be apostles. How did he know? How, what made that happen? All night long, man, he was spending time with God. He was listening, getting instructions. Listen. You know, it's a lot of, some of us in here want businesses, man. We want things to jump off. Some of us in here want homes, vehicles. There's something that you want, and you want God to come through. Listen, man, it is critical that you have a committed prayer life. You can't wait till Monday night, the first Monday night of the month, to do this. You might not be able to make it on that Monday night. Man, you got to be focused and it has to be consistent. That's what Jesus did. And he got results. And look what happened the whole world, man. He had a world vision because he spent time with the Father. And the Father showed him how to accomplish that. How to, what men he needed to be around him to help him accomplish the vision of God. That's what was important. Man, we have so much. There's so much that we want, so much that we're asking God for. But the question is, how much time are we spending with him to ask him and hear from him to get where we need to go? Man, we got to have a committed prayer life. We got to. The second thing is, you got to avoid comparisons. Man, you got to avoid comparisons. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm gonna, let me, I got to find that. I'm going to read, I'm going to read that. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. This is, I'm going to read that. This is, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they measure themselves by themselves. And comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Now, how many of you want to be wise? He said, if any man like wisdom, ask him. But if th this scripture is saying, if you're comparing yourself with others, that's not wise. If you're comparing what you have or what they have 
to get what you want. That's not wise. You have to be an independent thinker. You got to become innovative for you. You got to hear from God for yourself. That's what this is all about. Building that relationship with God, spending time with him so that you can hear the voice of God. Listen, God will speak to you. You know, you, I used to hear that all the time, man. Before, I mean, I really spent time with him. God, people would say that. I'm saying, well, how, how does he sound? That's what I would be. How does he sound? You know what? When I really, when he connected with me, I found out he sounds just like me. Huh? Because he's in me. And when I heard it, I began to apply it. And then when I saw the results, it confirmed it. That's where we have to go. That's what we have to do. We have to avoid comparisons. We have to, we, we have to stick with God in what he's called us to do. You know, he didn't call us to be clones. He, he didn't call me to be just like you. He didn't call you to be just like me. I would have, you know, I would speak to some men, you know, talking with guys and having some situations with their wives and stuff like that. And one guy would say, man, my wife need to be just like your wife. I said, no, hold it. There's no two women just like, bro. Hey, I said, and then you don't know my wife. You might not want to be married to my wife. Huh? Listen, there's no two people just alike. You got a DNA, I got a DNA. I got an identity, you got an identity. But God is our source. He's our father. And that is the one that we need to be looking, looking to, man. We can't be comparing and doing all of that stuff. That ain't right. It's not, something's wrong with that. We have to avoid that. Listen, that's not what it's all about. Listen, when you, here's, here's a, 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 a good statement. When you try to be like someone else, you sacrifice that which make you special. We're all special in the eyes of God. But when you do like, you want to be like somebody else, you're sacrificing that. I've given it up. I don't want to be me no more. I want to be them. That's crazy. That is crazy, man. That's not what God, that's not how he designed us. He wants us to be who he designed us to be. And that's who we need to be, the reality of being us. We need to be real. You know, back in the day, you used to hear that, man, you got to be real. You got to be real, man. Come on, man. What that meant was you got to be honest, you got to be yourself, and you got to be right. Don't be trying to get over on me, man. Don't play games with me, man. Let's do it right. Come on, man. Let's do this thing right because we all know right from wrong when someone's trying to take advantage of you or vice versa. It's, 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 it's not a secret, man. So we have to change that. We have to change that. Hey, listen, uh, uh, Romans, Romans 12, 6 in the message uh, says it best, man, and I really like this. It says, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something that we aren't. Man, if we can get a hold of that. I mean, in the workplace, you see this stuff all the time, man. But if we begin to apply what God has called us to be and do, It'll change all that. You know, Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Everything that you're looking for, but he says you first got to seek. 
the kingdom of God. You know, the kingdom, it's just like Alabama. I mean, you got laws and you got restrictions. That's what the kingdom of God is. God's word, man. I mean, that's the kingdom. It's a way of life. It's the way you do stuff. And if we do it according to the word, we won't have no problems. We won't have this whole world, man, be turned upside down overnight if we begin to live according to what we're talking, what I'm talking about. These are principles. I'm going back. These are principles to having a successful life. How successful do I want to be? I need to apply these things to my life. I need to do that. I want to move on to number three, the third requirement. You know, first requirement we, we, uh, we said was committed prayer life. The second one was to avoid comparison. Let's stop comparing ourselves to other folk and to other things. Let's stop doing that. The third thing is understanding spiritual jurisdiction. Now, you know what jurisdiction is. Now, jurisdiction is that's the power to write, to govern in a specific area. That's what jurisdiction is. You got state troop, Alabama state troopers, Florida state troopers, Georgia state, state troopers. You got Montgomery policemen. The Montgomery policemen won't go down to Florida and try to lock folk up. <laughs> and in Florida, they're not going to do it because there's a jurisdiction. There's different laws for different places. So we have to understand what the spiritual jurisdiction is. When we begin to do certain things, we need to understand what's our limitations. And there, but there's two, limit, there's two jurisdictions we need to talk about. I just talked about spiritual jurisdiction. I want to natural, there's a natural jurisdiction and there's a spiritual jurisdiction. The natural jurisdiction is there's a boundary. There's boundaries. There's boundaries. And in, 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 oh, in, let's see here. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14. <laughs> It says, for we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you, for it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ. Now, verse 15, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 15, it says, not boasting of the things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. Now, sphere is that boundary we're talking. And they're saying that we're not we're not want. I don't want to go across the street and, and this man started something. I don't want to go over here and take what he's doing and say it's mine. Or I don't want to take what I'm doing over there and claim what he's doing. But God has called us into a sphere and it's a boundary here. But whatever he's doing to use me here, wherever I am. I can't expect for my decisions in my home to go and go next door and, and begin to tell the folks next door, this is how you ought to be living. Listen, when I was raising my kids, here's what I would tell my kids. Listen, there's the Jones household and there's the Preston household. What they do in the Jones household, that ain't none of my business. But what you do in the Preston household, it's all about me. See, because God's going to hold me accountable. And so I got to stick with that. That's my sphere. We have to be very catchable. That's the, there, th 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 there's limits, limits of authority, uh, of authority to govern in those areas. And then there's also territories you have to pick out. But now the spiritual, the spirit in that same, he said in that same verse now, he said, what we're, he says, we're not boasting of things beyond measure. See, 
we got to be careful that we don't stretch ourselves beyond measure. You know, God is called, like I said, we have to do what he's called us, do what he said we ought to do. We ought to be who he said we ought to be. When you stretch yourself beyond measure, that means that I'm doing everything he told me to do, but I want to do what you're doing too. I want to do what you're doing too. And then I see that, that looks good. I want to do, I'm all over the place. I'm stretching the measure. See, that's not what these boys are saying. They're saying we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that. Don't reach beyond your boundaries. You know, in the natural, I just talked about the policemen and the, all these folks have boundaries. They can only go so many so far and do. They go to state lines. Say, oh, I got to call ahead and let them know I got a bad one coming. It's a limitation. In the spirit, listen. The spiritual is it, no different. God has set up these boundaries with us, and he's called every one of us. Everybody in here has a specific gift that God has given you for the kingdom of God. Now, are we all operating in it? That's a question that each one of us have to ask ourselves. Are we willing to operate in it? Another question we need to ask ourselves. What does it take to operate in it? Man, we got to put some action to it. You know, I was reading the first scripture, and I said this, Luke 6, 46 to 48. Whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them. Listen, we got to be willing to go. And he said, whoever. He didn't say walk. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't say one. He said, whoever. as any of us. But we got to be willing to take that step and do what he said. And be willing to hear what he is saying. And then apply it. That's what this is all about. That's what it's all about. Spiritual jurisdiction. We have to be very careful. That here's, here's another good thing. We got to know, <laughs> we got to know what we are not called to do, as well as what we need to know on what's called what we're called to do. We got to know what we're not called to do. You know, if you're doing something and it ain't working, you're not called to do that, man. You're not called. You, you singing with the microphone. Everybody talking about you, man. Woo! Where, everybody hitting it, and it's, it's just—it's like Barney Fife. You know what I mean? Everybody, you way out there, man. They were saying, "What's wrong with them? Don't they know they can't sing?" <laughs> I just threw that one in there. But we need to know what we're not called to do. Some things that you know, and when you're doing it, man, and it's easy, it comes to you easy. And you're willing to bring other folk with you, and they're willing to help you get it done. Jesus did that when he called. That's how he, he showed us what to do. When you and it's easy, things work, man. That's success. That's success. You know, we don't want our lives to be two numbers with a dash in between it, man. He's born on this day to dash, and he died on that day. What did he do? He he went to bed. He got up. He went to bed. He got up. He went to. He did the same thing every day. God want to move us to different levels. He want to use us to build the kingdom. He wants us to be successful in what we do. And that's going to take time, spending time with him. Spending time with him. Three requirements. Talked about committed prayer life. Avoid comparison. Understanding. Spiritual jurisdiction. You know, you... Uh, if, if, you, if you're not in these areas, man, you can waste a lot of money, 
a lot of time and a lot of energy. And I don't want to waste anything that I can help myself with. And you should be the same way. God wants us to be, he wants us to be blessed. And you can't be blessed if you're abusing what he's given you. You know, here's another thing, man. Here's another thing. Just, you know, and I'm, I'm closing right now. I, I didn't write a whole bunch down because I wanted everybody to get these three points. It's three things. I'm going to go back. I said you, there's three things. A God-given vision, diligent and obedient in pursuit of the vision, passing the test along the journey in the vision. And then I talked about three requirements. Committed prayer life. Avoid compa comparisons and understanding that jurisdiction. How far am I supposed to go? Now, listen, here's, 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 here's the last thing I want to say. Just because you can do something don't mean you ought to do it. J just because you can do something, man, it's in your power to do it, that, that doesn't mean that you should do it. We need to hear from God on everything that we deal with. And allow him to speak to us. Amen? Praise God. Well, listen, I hope y'all got something out of that. I'm not holding you on. Pastor Morris, bless you this morning. He put me up here. <laughs> not going to keep y'all long. You know what I mean? But I do believe this. I believe that, you know, you say what you have to say. Now, I'm a believer of this. Say what you got to say and shut it down. <laughs> Don't make no sense for me to keep on talking. <laughs> If I've told you everything that God has really helped me with <clears throat> over these past couple of days. And that's what it's really all about. So, you know, there could be some folk here today, you know, that's dealing with dreams, dealing with some things that did not come to pass, man. And, you, you know, you, you're not hearing from God, but you've been hearing from people. You know, people sound just like they, they want to tell you, man, this is from God. People walk up to you, man, this is from God, man. And they could have given you some bad information and you, you know, and things didn't turn out right. You know, you could have lost a lot of money, could have lost friendship. A lot of things could have happened because a person told you, you ought to do it this way. But, you know, I, the scripture again that you ought to meditate on is that Luke 6, 46, 48. He said, why do you come to me and call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I tell you to do? You know, when he tell us, that means that you're spending quality time with him. That means that you're not with me asking me what is God saying to me for you. You have gone to a place to where it's just you and him. And you're telling him what you need him to know for him to give you answers. And you want to listen to him and be very careful of people telling you the direction that you should go. That's not success. That's being cloned. That's being doing. That's duplicating somebody else's effort. And that's not what God has called us to do. But if you've had some issues, man, and you, you got to get that behind you. You want prayer. You know, we, we're going to have prayer partners up here after the service that can pray with you, come in agreement with you, and we can get that thing right. You know, God is a God of mercy. He can get it right. And I can stand up and tell you how good he is on getting things right when you make decisions that's not godly. I've been there, man. But he straightened it out. And he's blessed me because I was willing to follow his word. You got to be willing to sacrifice some things for God. I'm telling you, that's what it's really all about. 
And so we'll have prayer partners up here to pray with you. But I'm going to pray over the whole congregation about that for God to show you, direct you, and for you to humble yourself, to begin to spend time with him, quality time, every day. You know, I heard a message the other day, and it was like this. It says, you know, we talk, you hear in church about a tithe, a tenth. You know, God ain't just talking about money. When he started talking about a tenth, you know, he owns everything. It's 24 hours in the day, man. The guy, he was, and this thing hit me hard. He said, man, it's 24 hours in the day. He said, what's a tenth of 24? Two hours and 40 minutes. He said, you ought to be spending at least two hours and 40 minutes with God. I said, man, that's strong. He said, why can't you? He said, then watch a ball game for two hours. Well, he's tightening me up, boy. You sit there and watch a movie for two hours. How important is it for you to hear from God? You got to spend time with him. And that's basically the message that I got for you, man. God-given vision. A God-given vision. That was number one. Now, if I get the chance to get back up here, we'll talk about number two, diligence and obedience in pursuit of that vision. Move on. Keep connecting it. Amen? Praise God. Why don't y'all stand? Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.